Hey, hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good. We got seven quarters on the line, everyone. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me tonight. Um, let's just jump right into it. I feel like you kind of just popped out of nowhere, maybe like a year ago. I, I hadn't heard of you before that, but um, I don't know if it was from tracks you did with 8Biza or, or what, but all of a sudden I, I started to see your name around. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been rapping, I've been rapping since I was like 18 or 19 years old. Um, but I kind of didn't take things too seriously. I played a one show when I was 21 and I really, really messed it up. Uh, I've actually told this story before where like, uh, DJ myth from rap night Manchester tape stopped me. Um, because I was just really messing it up. Hold on. What do you mean by tape stop? I've never heard that term. Like, uh, like a DJ effect, like like the, the roll down effect. Like... Oh, really? Yeah, I was like, I was like in a DJ solo from DJ Myth, and he tape stopped me, and that was like the end of my set. So I was just like, oh, uh, I've been seven quarters. See you guys later. Um, but yeah, after that, I was just kind of. I, I didn't have the confidence kind of step uh, back up to the stage. And then like two years ago, uh, now it's been about two years, I started really taking it seriously again. I did a tour with uh, Abiza and Carnage. Um, I'm on tour right now, just trying to like... The brand, so to speak, as far as I possibly can. Uh, now that I'm kind of like active yeah so how old are you right now i'm uh just turned 27 okay so did you kind of just show up at rap night like you really um hadn't performed anywhere else you said much but you kind of just went there and and jumped on stage for the open mic yeah pretty much um when I turned, I was working at a place when I turned 21, and a lot of the people that I worked with, uh, they would go to rap night um, pretty regularly, and they knew that I was into the music, so they were like, you should come. People, you know, do a lot of rapping there. I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know that it was going to be like an open mic thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I ended up going and just kind of, it was really intimidating to be honest, like being uh, freshly 21 and like stepping into the ring, so to speak, with like super legitimate artists, you know what I mean? Like, Have very... you heard about a lot of those guys before you went there? No, the, um, actually, funny enough, like I knew about I-9 a little bit because when I was in a band, um, he played a battle of the bands and he actually won first place against all the all of these like metal bands pretty much so i knew about i9 but when i first started going the two hosts were um ill by instinct and uh ben shore and i remember like those two dudes were just like super intimidating to me you know what i mean because they're so yeah. like good yeah 
Yeah, I mean, that I can imagine that being tough. Plus, everyone there is like, they all know each other. It's like you're walking into where they all hang out together and, and you know, just, I don't know. It, it's it's tough to describe. I don't want to say it's clicky, but it's like, it's like one big click. Everyone knows each other like cheers. Yeah, it, it's like once you get in and people start seeing you more and more, then you're kind of like brought into the fold. But it is at first, it's like, oh, wow, like all these people know each other. They're like, you know, like if like I had never really freestyled much before. I was always like just a writer. Um, and so. So, yeah, that, so, uh, yeah, that sounds tough. So what yeah. made you just did you go right back the next week and just or you said you had to build your confidence first. So how long was it before you got jumped back on that stage and tried again? Uh, well, I mean, I kept doing the freestyle thing. I took like a year off from going to rap night just because I was like too busy with working and that sort of thing. Um, but like I said, like it's probably been about three years ago now where I decided that I was going to get back into it. Um, I was living in Sanford, Maine at the time. And I oh, saw, okay. yeah, I, I saw that um, at Monday of the Minds they were doing like, kill him with kindness which is like their reverse rap battle type of thing oh yeah i've seen that and i decided i'm gonna go just like check it out see what it's all about so i went there and i like i feel like you know everybody was pretty cool there and i think from then on i was just like okay like i'm starting to feel normal about it again i'm starting yeah. to write material that i can actually like when i play live like i can remember I played it and I have enough breath for it now. So it's like now playing a show is something that I really look forward to, but I was all up in my head about it. Yeah. Did Myth remember you when you went back to rap night from that time? You know, I don't, I don't really know. know. Um, it, it had been, been a little bit of time before then. And I had never, never really like talked to them, you know? Yeah. Um, so when I decided that I was going to come like back to rap night, I was, um, I had just moved back to Manchester after living in Maine for a little bit. And I was like, well, I'll check it out. You know, it's been some time. And, uh, the first person that I actually connected with when I came back was eight Bizza. Um, I ended up talking with him outside of the, he said that he remembered me from back in, like the separate days like but i don't think us like an ill by instinct definitely remembered me because he and always gave me like a you know that like kind of sage wisdom that he has, has. Like he's always giving me pointers that like i've really appreciated but i would say that i don't think myth remembered right. but now he remembers me so are you someone that goes every sunday night now just regardless you have to be there like religiously no i kind of like like i consider myself to be like a regular but um i think that well i've been living in uh kentucky and tennessee for um, um but before then i was kind of going like here and there just because i feel like from the fan perspective, a lot of the times people get burnt out seeing a lot of the same people 
or you know like it's really exciting especially when you see like new people like i was there last night and there was um or not last night sorry but two nights ago and there were people that i've never seen before in the cypher and it's like as a fan that's what i want to see because you know like new artists and just like a different vibe vibe than maybe there's been recently yeah so what made you decide to move to those two states Tennessee and Kentucky. Uh, well, Did you know anyone there or anything? So my dad lived, um, or lives in Kentucky, and me and my fiance went down there to try to kind of like uh, make a connection with him, but it didn't really go over too well. So um, her folks mo- had just recently moved to Tennessee, and they were like, "Hey, you can come down here and stay." So we went down to Tennessee and stayed with them. Um, but we're currently trying to save up so that we can get a van because I like to tour oh, wow. and she likes to travel. So we're just trying to like make that happen as like our. Yeah, that's a cool idea. Yeah. So um, when you were in uh, Kentucky and Tennessee, did you try to like um, get connected with the local scenes there or at least check them out? Uh, Kentucky, I definitely, uh, like kicked around in the scene a little bit. I tried to hope, uh, host my own open mic, but it had been like, I don't know, the owner of the club that I was talking to was kind of just like, just, uh, too busy doing whatever he was doing. Um, but some of the scene in Kentucky is really, really good. You know, like the venues are good and that sort of thing. I, I have a few like gripes with the way that it was down there but overall pretty like solid scene and then um in tennessee i live in like pretty much the middle of nowhere in tennessee um in the one place that's close by which is knoxville tennessee they used to have something called uh the tennessee or the knoxville cypher but they stopped doing that during covid so i haven't been able to check that out yet I think Knoxville would be a cool place to check out. I've definitely heard about it, but I don't really know much about it. Um, yeah, I had, I had looked it up when I was like, when I go places, like I visited my dad before we moved down there. And it's like, I, I try to pick up shows wherever I can, you know what I mean? Because like, even though I come from New England, I, I want to uh, kind of like see all the different places, you know what I mean? I want to. Oh yeah, me too that's that's like the dream you know what i mean i think that sometimes people are like too afraid to kind of like step out of their comfort zone like that but it's like when i went to kentucky i got like a ridiculous amount of love because they couldn't like or they hadn't seen somebody mc like the way that i do you know what i mean yeah like a lot of a lot of the people who are down there are very uh like connected to a lot of like newer stuff like so, down south like, or like really mainstream music yeah exactly like it's really ma- a lot of it is like really mainstream a lo- um you know dudes like like they want to rap- they want to be a rapper and blow up they don't want to freestyle or like have an open mic yeah exactly i played a skate park show down there and it it took like five hours for the show to start and i was like well, I can't just, like, I came here, I was, like, one of the first people here thinking that I was going to be late, 
so let me try to get a freestyle going or something like that so i grabbed my speaker and just started playing some beats and like trying to get in it with people and they just weren't like you know they were like doing like it, it's all like open mics down there you have to sit like uh sign up beforehand and you get to play like two songs and it was like just dudes recycling verses from those like songs that I had heard them play at the open mics and I was like oh so nobody freestyles or, yeah. or anything like that that's pretty interesting just to hear hear that they do it like that though yeah a lot... I wouldn't have guessed that with the two songs and, and just no freestyling and stuff yeah, it's a lot of like rec- rapping over their recorded tracks and that sort of thing. So, you know, they're trying to like um and a lot of them are like baby MCs, you know what I mean? Like they yeah. didn't even know what the words or the letters like MC mean. Yeah, so they, yeah, so they don't really know like any real good hip hop artist. Right. <clears throat> well, I mean I don't know. I I just think that's how it is like a lot of the shitty mainstream hip-hop or like pop hip-hop today i think it's just because from a lot of people just having bad influences like i don't know i i've never liked little wayne or like a lot of down south music i know some of them can spit and little wayne has some good lyrics sometimes but i don't know i feel like when the south took over it really dumbed down rap music a lot for a lot of people and as a result today we're seeing more shitty rappers yeah, you know, I can definitely agree with that. And even, like, the down south rap that, like, like I really love, like, you know, like, I like 3-6 Mafia and I like, you know, like, Outkast and that sort of thing. Like, even that, a lot of people are using sounds from that stuff nowadays and they don't even know what the source material is anymore, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, the, that's what a lot of people say is the problem with the newer really mainstream rappers is um usually before rappers would always get better you know like in the 90s people like progressively improved and got better from the 80s and then um you know people have always given props to the people that came before and paid respect to the pioneers and today they don't even know who the pioneers are yeah dude i hear all these people who use like this triplet flow you know like they really owe a lot to like to like three six mafia you know what i mean like i listened to like suicide boys and then i listened to like the end by three six mafia and i'm like this is the same thing but like for a newer it's like the same thing but with auto-tune parts you know what i mean yeah i think that's what's good about griselda and like why they stand out a lot it's because like they pay heavy respect to pioneers like you never know on any of their albums like what legends is going to pop up and then they just like they're rapping about the same stuff over and over again, like um, you know, like drugs and guns and stuff. But they're they're just extremely good at it for some reason. Like they're they're just they're clever about it, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I like a lot of the stuff that Griselda puts out. Um, I really like Westside Gun's voice, and then like also Conway's. Like every, I don't know, every song by Conway makes me feel like I'm getting mugged. Like current. <laughs> that you know what i mean yeah well i i like benny the best i i think he's like the closest thing to a jay-z today like well jay-z at his prime i could definitely see that but it's just like stylistically i like the other dudes 
yeah, all three are so good. You know, like all three can freestyle, and I don't know, they're they're really like um, they're they're saving a lot of like the really good New York hip hop right now and just carrying it. In my For opinion. Sure. I agree, and they're from, like, Buffalo, which, you know, like, they talk about how that's, like, like pretty much Buffalo. Yeah. Well, it's funny, like, there's a Conway verse that comes to mind. He's like, I'm from where fiends will clean your yard for for a hit or something. I forget how he put it, but, like, I could relate to that being from New Hampshire in Maine now. Like, you know, like they don't have yards in the city, obviously. You know, in Buffalo, they they probably live in the middle of nowhere right. sometimes too. But um, yeah, de- definitely. So, let's go back a little bit. I was trying to think, like, what does seven quarters mean exactly? The name, like, does it mean um, anything? So, so like, like seven quarters. Because I was thinking about it, I'm like seven okay. quarters is like, I don't know, it's like it's almost two holes. Is the only thing I could come up with, you know? Because does it have anything to do with with anything like a measurement or anything? Uh, so seven quarters has to do sacred geometry shape. It's like uh, seven circles in the same diameter that touch each other. Is like the seven quarters. It's like the flower of life or the seed of life. Um, but my nickname. Uh, seven is my nickname goes back a long period of time. Um, I used to have like family members that called me seven because I looked like the guitar player of Slipknot and his number was uh, number seven. So I was number seven for a really long time, but I didn't like that as like a rap name. Uh, yeah. So I took the I took the shape, I dropped the vowels and then I put them together and I was like, for some reason, this just works perfectly for me, and um, I've never had to change it or, you know. There's probably the no other seven quarters out there, is there? No, not the, not to my knowledge. I would be, you know, like, when I go on to um, YouTube, as long as I put it in the right way, like, I'm the first person who shows up, and that's really, like, what I wanted is to have something, like, unique that's not going to be, like, uh, like just drowned out by a million other names, you know? Yeah. Yep. So, um, let's see. Are you originally from Manchester? Uh, yes. I went to high school in Manchester. I lived there, uh, pretty much up until I turned tw- like 24 probably. And then I moved to, uh, Maine. Yeah, actually, um, Sanford, Maine, they just had a show last Friday with Terminology and a bunch of people. And I was surprised because I'd never heard of any hip-hop shows there. I know that in the past they've done, um, like, the Maine Hip-Hop Summit there, uh, which is, like, they do breaking and, uh, like, street art and hip-hop and DJ. Yep. Yeah, Maine actually... um, Aside from that, really nothing... Yeah, Maine like really loves hip hop a lot. I'm realizing, um, because I I had a bunch of people on like on. Well, I used to have um the graveyard shift used to be on WSCA in Portsmouth for the first um eight years, and so I had on like Ben Shore and Mike D and Ill by Instinct and a, a bunch of people from Maine, and um you know I just kept thinking like 
geez, like there's all these artists that are that are so good from Maine. Like, and I just kept finding more and more. And um, one of them said, I forget which one. They're like, yeah, up here it's like still the '90s because we're so far behind everyone in the middle of nowhere, you know. That kind of makes sense. Um, I definitely feel like I get that sort of like level of culture and speaking back to like when I was in Kentucky and now in Tennessee, um, like something that I don't think that is very like understood is like the culture aspect of hip hop. Right. And I think that being like here in new England in general, like, I mean, I've played in Rhode Island, Vermont, pretty much I've played everywhere except for Connecticut in new England. And, um, like that, that culture is like very, very important. And I think maybe that speaks to it having that like nineties feel. Cause people actually really care about like what's going on and like, you know, yeah. Like, well, um, I, I don't know. New England. I always, I've been saying for like the last 10 years, New England has some of the best MCs in the world. Mm. And, um, a lot of it is just be, I feel like it's just because, like, it seems like in the late 90s when, like, you started to see a lot of people come out of Boston. I'm 41, so I, I remember a lot of this. But when you started to see a lot of, like, Boston artists start to get bigger and bigger and, and just the talent start to really explode, um, like, New York had always been the mecca. And then Boston just started coming up, like, really strong. And then when New York kind of fell off, when they are trying to all rap, like, they're from down south, like, Boston just... I don't know. Boston and New England have just had so many great MCs since then, since like the early 2000s. And it's just more and more people keep popping up. And I don't know why there's such a high standard up here, but I don't know. It's, I think we're really lucky to have an area like this. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think personally that the reason why people care so much here is because we're so close in proximity to like New York and that sort of thing. Like, we're only really like a five, six hour drive, depending on where you're going. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like there's a lot of cross pollination. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so let's see. Uh, who's someone in new England that you'd like to work with? Uh, speaking of really good artists from here. Uh, I'm really lucky to be able to work with a lot of good artists, but um, I'm still still working on Mr. Liff and Acrobatic. Um, I've talked with Acrobatic a few times. I actually got to meet him because of uh, the homie 8Bizza. Um, and he's a really, really nice guy, Acrobatic. And yeah. uh, seems like, you know, he would definitely be down to do something, but he's also very, very busy a lot of the time. So I haven't been able to make that happen. Right. Um, and then Liff, I've never gotten the opportunity to actually like meet or chop it up with him at all. So, um, that's like still just kind of like a dream, but right. now, um, growing up in Manchester, did, had you heard of LB like a long time be before you met him? Cause I had heard of LB as like this guy that was the best rapper from Manchester ever or something like, uh, probably 15 or 20 years ago. Um, no, see, like up until I turned 21, I wasn't really tapped in with the hip hop scene. I was just kind of doing it like 
on my own, like kind of like out in orbit somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then I had a scenario where like somebody had kind of like, you know, uh, they had kind of given me this critique where they were saying like, oh, well, you're just like writing like for people to listen to your shit on the internet. And I was like, well, I don't see it that way. Mm -hmm. So I had to kind of, you know, that's when I kind of tapped myself in. And then what's funny is I didn't even, when I first came, I, I never even really like met LB. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then the second time, Oh, hold on one second. Sorry, Craig. No problem. It's all right. Yeah. Then, then I got to meet LB like kind of recently uh, and I didn't even know who he was. I just knew that my friend Rookie was like talking about how amazing he was. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I got to check this guy out. Right. Have um, Was was there anyone like growing up in Manchester that you had um, that was an influence on you, like maybe some of your friends or. Or just someone around that you'd heard of that influenced you to make music? Well, like I had said, I was in a band for a pretty long time. Uh, I was in a band playing guitar for like nine years. Um, what kind of band was it? Like, what would you compare it to for the sound? We were like on the weirder side of things, so we were something similar to like bands like Between the Buried and Me and that sort of stuff. I don't even know if you. Know I have no idea what that is. Yeah, so it's just like weird. What we were, and um, I kind of like. I fell down this like, this hip hop hole. This was around the time where like, Odd Future was becoming like a big thing. And yep. You know, like I was in high school at the time, so I checked that out and I was like, yeah, some of this is pretty cool. It is crazy lyrics and stuff. But I remember Tyler, the creator, like flipped um, the one beer sample. Yeah, um, from Doom. Yeah. And I was like, this beats crazy. And I found the Doom version and it was pretty much like that was it. Like then I fell down like definitive jux. You know what I mean? Like LP and Cage and like all those people. Um, and then I'm still kind of like falling down the rabbit hole still. I don't, my like knowledge of hi like hip hop is like not gigantic because I fall into stuff that I really like. And then I like just play that forever. Yeah. So do you have, would you say you have the top five favorite albums of all time? Yeah, I could probably. It's gonna take a second, but Have I you could ever thought about it. Top five albums, not really. I think or they, five that you've played like more than any other. Like you, without a doubt, bought like this CD more than any other CD. If you ever I, bought a CD, I don't know. Oh yeah, I've definitely bought CDs before and records. I could definitely name a couple of albums that um, I play until they like burn. Um, so you're sick of them almost. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would say that, all right, let's see if I can do this. Like, Operation Doomsday is one that I've played a million times. Um, Mad Villainy is also an album I've played about a million times. Those those two albums, 
Um, well, I actually, they're, they're both so good, but I don't know. I, I think they're really different, but it's hard to choose which one I like better between those two. Some days I like one better than the other. Um, yeah, I would say, like, it just depends on the type of rapping style that you want to hear from Doom. Yeah. You know, like, if you want to hear that, like, transitional kind of still coming out of KMD type of deal, then Doomsday is the way to go. But his more, like, modern, like, you know, like, ultra-rhyme-heavy style is definitely, like, Mad Villain. And yeah. I find plus myself... Ma- plus, Lib's beats are so good on there. Oh, so good. But so, so I got Sorry, Operation I no, dude, don't worry. Uh, I got Operation Doomsday. I got Mad Villainy. Uh, I'll sleep when you're dead by LP. Hmm. Um, I've got probably Movies for the Blind by Cage. Yep. And then I got one more, and this is the hard part, because I don't want to, like, just go for, like, an Aesop Rock or something like that. Do you have any favorites from like the nineties at all? You ever listen uh, dive into any nineties classics? Yeah, I mean like I'm a big fan of like I've talked about how I'm a big fan of Outcast, so I would say probably like like I it was AT Aliens for me and then it like switched up recently to Equemini. Yeah. Um and then a lot of just like random stuff from the nineties, you know, like I mean even like I've got like Illmatic on vinyl and like I love the Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, you know what? Actually, mm-hmm. thank you for reminding me. Uh Liquid Swords by Jizza is like one of my all-time favorite albums. That album's crazy. Yeah, it is a classic. Um let's see. Oh yeah. So what came first for you, rapping or production? Um I think they kind of came at the same time. Sort of. Um, I was very much into, like, I'm the type of person who just wants to be able to do as much uh, by myself as I can, you know? Yeah. Um, So I kind of was like, I'll start making bad beats. Like, I had an album that was, like, 18 songs that was, like, all produced by me. Um, And then I, like, I took that album off of the internet just because it sounded really, like, immature now to me. Um, but so I think they kind of just came at the same time, more or less. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, what's a skill or talent you have outside of music? Um, I am a pretty good cook. That's a good skill. Yeah. I, I would say that I'm a pretty good cook. I've been doing that for work for my whole life, pretty much. Um, I would say that, like, just generally, like, outside of hip-hop and that sort of thing, I would say I'm a pretty good writer. I've always wanted to write a book or, um, you know, like, do, like, a book of poetry or, like, a short stories or something like that. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah. Um, What's something you'd like to improve on or work on in your life or in music? Um... In music, I would like to work on, um, well, like, 
Ah, man, this is hard. Uh, there's like a lot of things just generally that I need to work on, like in my life, like in my life, things I'd like to work on is like getting my license renewed when I need or like paying my parking tickets or not getting any parking tickets at all. <laughs> you know, like that's a good goal. Yeah. Um, as far as my music's concerned, I'd really like to be able to kind of get some more crisp uh, mixing and probably just continue to play shows outside of like where I'm comfortable, you know? Yep. Um, oh, what was say? oh yeah. So what's your favorite song of yours? And also what's the most popular if it's a different song? Um, I would say the most popular song is probably Elephant Man produced by A Bizza. Um, and my favorite song, I have some songs that are yet to be released that are my favorite song, songs that I've done, but I guess, um, out of the stuff that's been released, um, I would say. Like if someone walked up to you and said, Hey, uh, I heard you make music. What song would you play for them first? Probably, I would probably play Elephant Man for them first. Yeah, that's a good song. I think that it has, like, um, it's the most, like, straightforward and one of the better, like, um, displays of, like, my skill level off the rip without doing anything, like, super, super flashy, you know? So while while we're on the topic, like, why don't we... um... Uh, can you tell us about Nightmareland, the album? Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there anything in particular you'd like to know about it, or you just want me to go off on it? Just tell us a little bit about it for anyone that hasn't heard it, because I, I think it's probably your most solid release that I came across or that I've heard. Yeah, so Nightmareland was um, or is my first full-length, first official full-length album. Um, it's 10 songs all produced completely by me. Um, the only like real feature is Ocho Fono, AKA a Biza. Um, and then I, it has cuts by DJ myth and D, uh, DJ graphic melee. Um, but it's really like my style has kind of evolved into this like storytelling, like, you know, even if it's not like a full story over an album, it's like each song kind of has like a like different acts or like storytelling. And I feel like Nightmareland is a very good um, example of just like where I was kind of going. You know what I mean? I felt a lot of pressure it being my first like album. Um I had an EP before that and a couple songs. And so I just wanted something that was going to be um, like me and, and very um, just very me like in general, you know? Um, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of different styles on there. Like, um, I don't know. It, it's really, it's unique. And um, I don't know. I really like it. It's a good album. Thanks. I, I, I felt like I said, I had a couple of those beats kicking around for a long period of time. And then um, I just decided one day, like, nope, I got to get this finished. And um, I just so started. This was fucking... something you were working on for a long time. 
Well, here and there, it was like probably when I finally was like, I'm going to get this finished. It took me like a few months before I was like, okay, now everything is done. But I had like beats kind of kicking around here and there. And um, I had a couple songs that didn't make it to the project that I was working on or whatever. And I just had to get to a point where I was like, okay, this feels like done for me like it felt like a cohesive um like like story or just like album in general and a lot of it is about like me leaving manchester finally and um like kind of re uh re-examining some of the places that i'd been like mentally and physically uh over the period um like the couple of years before dropping that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So do you have any albums coming out this year in the remaining months of 2021? Uh, so probably not. I have an album that is like mostly finished. Um, I'm just, I keep talking about this, like me and a Biza have been working on this pro uh, this project called buck 75 for, almost two years now in February, it'll be two years that we've been working on this project. Um, But I'm really just like, I don't know. I'm interested in trying to make it like as uh, like kind of legitimate as possible, you know? And uh, I figured like, I don't know, like I could have, if I was just doing it just by myself all the verses on this project would have been on beats that maybe don't fit it or, you know what I mean? And I would have rushed through it and just mixed it and mastered it myself and then sent it out and just been like, hopefully that's good. But I feel like having the second hand in it and having a person who I like trust and respect like Biza, um, it's made it the project in general, like a lot better, you know what I mean? And brought a lot more, I feel like every time we go to cut a song, it's like, I have to make sure this is like the most important song I've ever made. Yeah. So, well, what came to mind um, as the first question from this is, um, is it both of you rapping on it and both of you handling production as well? No, with uh, Buck 75, he's handling all the production. I've only done like, I played like bass on a song. Um and that's it. And then I'm handling all the raps. He does have a feature though on the song, on a song um, that also features two story Corey from uh, Rap Night. Yeah. So how did you link up with Poe Mac? Can you uh, tell us about that project? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Poe Mac, I met him I think at a Rap Night once. He came up with um, his his uh, homie case and I um, I caught their show and I thought that like Pomac was like really incredible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just linked up with him on Facebook and we had kind of just been talking back and forth or like he sends me beats to check out cause you know, he sells his beats all the time cause he's a really good producer. And um, I saw on Facebook that he wanted to do like a Christmas thing. And I, I had just, been joking about doing uh nightmare land before christmas which would have been like you know like just kind of a hacky joke on 
you know, Nightmare Before Christmas or whatever. Right. Um, and so I saw that he wanted to do a Christmas EP and I hit him up immediately and he was like, I only have a week to do this. And I was like, okay, let's make oh, it wow. happen. So he emailed me uh, all the beats that he had for it. Um, and I was like, okay, I got to work. I wrote all of my bars. I recorded them all. Um, and then I was like, this needs something else. Uh, so I uh, messaged DJ Myth, who had uh, done cuts on Nightmareland, on the song Nightmareland. And I was like, hey, this is really goofy, kind of, but I'm doing this Christmas album, uh, and I have a week to do it. Do you want to do the cuts on it? And he was like, sure, I'd love to. And then we just kind of, it just kind of went like that. And then I sent it over to Pomac. He, he uh, handled all of the, like, extra stuff and then sent it back to me and then the gift was born that's that's really cool you guys did that in a week yeah it was kind of like really nerve-wracking and you know certain songs i was like i don't know if this is just like because my style is like pretty serious sounding and i don't make a like i'm kind of a goofy person but i don't i i try to leave that part of myself like out of my music yeah um and so I was just like, I couldn't tell if this was something that I really, really loved or that I was like just doing the dumbest thing <laughs> possible. And then it, uh, once it all came together and was all finished, I was like, no, I really love this. This is, yeah, it's really good. It's so stupid that it worked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you guys ever perform all the songs live, like around Christmas time or anything? No, because, um, Pomac is like, you know, he lives in Virginia and, uh, you know, I just, because it was a week that we did the whole thing in, it was like remembering some of the lyrics is like a little bit difficult because, you know, I wasn't like sitting there like mulling it over, you know what I mean? I was yeah. like, I have to get this done. <laughs> did you ever end perform any of those songs at all yourself? Uh, no, but I, uh, me and my fiance were thinking about doing like a special either music video or some sort of like concert, like Christmas live stream thing. Um, but we just haven't really like worked out the yeah. the kinks on it yet. No, it's a good idea because I mean, Christmas music really isn't usually that good. Like if someone from like a rock band or or, or even hip hop tries to to do a christmas version but this is really good like you could listen to it even not around the holidays i tried to make it so that like it wasn't just like beating you over the head with the fact that it was christmas you know like i wanted yeah. some relatable songs like getting you know like stuck in like you know uh, the song silent night is just about like people going through hard times around the christmas like season and i was like okay, like, be be a Rudolph is about being original and staying true to yourself. I was like, all right, well, Christmas imagery or whatever, but, like, the songs, like, still have meaning. I think that was important to, like, you know, making it even better. Right. Um, so do you listen to any new artists? Um, I'm is trying there to anything think you're listening to this year? Like any any newer albums? Well, we talked about like Griselda, um, and I listened to like, I mean, for me this year, like uh, 
you know, Arm and Hammer and the Alchemist dropped like Haram, and that was like one of the craziest things. Like for me, I've been listening to the Arm and Hammer since race music. So like to see them now working with the Alchemist, I was kind of just like, wow, really? I hadn't like, heard of them until that project. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, they were like, I've been messing with them for a really, really long time. So to see them now, like, I think a lot of people felt that way. Like a lot of people didn't know who they were. And then the Alchemist gave them that like push. And oh, yeah. I love I love to see stuff like that because some artists like especially like Wood, Billy Woods and uh, and Elusive, they're both so like so underground that it's like you wouldn't find them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I feel like the Alchemist does that. He can pull it off really well. Like he can put out an album with anyone, even if it's no one you've ever heard of, and it's still gonna be good. His Freddie Gibbs album was like the like craziest thing I'd ever heard, and I thought like the first Freddie Gibbs and Madlib album was good, but that Alchemist Freddie Gibb, Gibbs album was like yeah. crazy. So, do you have a favorite album of the year? Uh, I don't, I, to be honest, I don't know. Cause I don't even know what, like, I don't know enough about what came out this year yeah. to even pick, you know? Yeah. I mean, for me, I feel like for me, it's different. Cause I, I don't know. I, I know a lot of people don't keep up on new releases, but for me, I, I have to, cause of the radio show. Right. So for me, I, I just, I love the new Nas album. I think it's like by far the best album of the year. I got to check it out then because I think I've missed like the past two Nas albums. Cause I heard the first one, the first it's he's. Yeah. King's disease. Yep. So I heard the first one was kind of like people were sort of on the fence with it, but you think this new one is like, uh, Oh yeah. It's way better. Yeah. And they're going to come out with a third one. Oh wow. Yeah. Nas is just going for a victory lap real quick. Yeah, well, I, actually, I don't know. It, in a weird way, it reminds me of Tom Brady, like when he started to win Super Bowls again, because he went through, he won the first three, and then he had went through a long stretch without winning any, and then he started to win them again, and that's kind of like with Nas, like he had Illmatic, and like it was written, and then like he's had some really good albums, but he hasn't really had a like an insanely solid one, and I feel like that's what he did with this one, like he kind of finally broke through. I'll definitely have to check it out then because I'm interested in, um, you know, like seeing what he's up to now, you know, because his best album, well, what people say is his best album came out when he was like 18. So I want to know, right. like, what is like a full grown man Dawes doing right now, you know? Yeah. So um, let's see. You have a live show tomorrow night I saw. Can you let people know about that? I am doing Raps, uh, Volume 2, with uh, Cody Pope, uh, Air Max from Texas, uh, Subtext from New York City and New Hampshire also, I believe. Um, and and then there's Oh, and Vermont? Yeah, he lives in Vermont, I think. One of the ands. But um, there's also a, a producer like cypher type of deal happening before and after the um the sets so i'm excited to see that and that's led off by uh the homie a business 
So are are you going to be involved playing some of your beats there? Uh no, because the the beats the beat cipher thing is already like um they already have their artists like picked out for the night or whatever, but most of my beats in my set right now except for two or three of them are produced by myself. Would you ever do something like that or a beat battle? You know, I've thought about it, but I don't know, like, I don't have any, like, out, outboard gear, and I would feel like a weirdo showing up to the beat battle with just my laptop or, like, my phone or something. Yeah. What do you usually um, make beats on? Uh, I pretty much do all of my everything in FL Studios. Yeah. Is that what you started on, too? Uh, yeah, the first saw was uh, Reason, and Reason was just ridiculously confusing to me. Yeah. So I, um, I moved over to FL Studio, which was ridiculously confusing at first, but um, I'm to the point where, like, you know, I can do what I need to do on it, so I'm not you know, like trying to find all the like secret hotkeys or like anything like that. I'm just like, I can do what I need to do with it. And I'm going to just keep rolling with it like that. Yeah. Well, I just got a couple more questions. Then we'll wrap it up in a couple minutes. Um, I want to be respectful of your time. So uh, who are some of your favorite producers? All right. So some of my favorite is I got P. Um, he's the man like his production just super inspiring to me sorry who did you say uh lp from oh okay yeah yep. he's he's like super inspiring to me um i would say that um like mad lib and doom have both been super inspiring to me um but it's like really really hard like you know I don't pay attention to a lot of like producer, like just producers. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, so you don't really follow, just like, just check out whatever someone's producing. Yeah, not usually. It's it's only very rarely like a person makes instrumental music by itself that I think is really good. Like I love, um, I love Flying Lotus because his production is just like really lush and like. Um, it just takes you to a places, but you right. know, and then I, I have to super be sincere and just like talk about like eight business production. You know what I mean? Like when I, I've produced for myself and like, I would say that him and I have a, we're like kindred spirits and we have a similar, like we're coming from a lot of the same places, but it was, it's just like his, um, like method. I've seen him work in the studio and stuff and like, the way that he puts things together and just kind of, um, you know, puts that stank on it is like next level. The next. Yeah, he's like a mad scientist. He's uh, he's yeah. so good, but it's funny you mentioned him because my next question was gonna, since you're, you know, you're so tight with Eight Biz, I was going to ask um, if you have a favorite Eight Biz song that stands out as either his best beat in your opinion or even one where he's rapping on it. Um, I would say that, um, he's got this album called no money coming out on Friday. And I would say that that has some of his best, um, raps that he's done that I've heard from him in a long while. Well, yeah, um, even though it's, it's Ocho, Ocho Fono when he's rapping, but it's the same guy. 
Honestly. Right. Um, and then for his projection, like Bobby's boom bap recital in general is really, really crazy. Oh, yeah. But but uh the joint with acrobatic on that, I forget what the name of it is right this second, but um that the joint with acrobatic is like insane on that. Yeah, that album was, was crazy. That I don't know, that that's that production like blew me away when that came out. That was like his that was the first project when I met him that he, he just like released that like right after like I met him and I was like for real? Like yeah. you know, like you know you're you have all these dudes on songs, like how do you how? You know? Yeah, that's a great album. Uh shout out to Ape Isa. Um I got one more question that I like to end the show with, but first do you want to give any shout outs and let people know where they can find you online? Yeah, um so to find me online, you just have to look up S-E-V-E-N-Q-R-T-R-S on anything at all. If you um, if you use Bandcamp or Spotify or YouTube or like Deezer or whatever, whatever, like you just type that in, you'll be able to find me. Um, and then as far as shout outs. Uh, for having me on the show. show. So shout out to you. Um, and then I want to shout out to Abiza, which I think we've done. Um, and then I'll say like Cody Pope, my fiance Destiny, um, anybody who's like helped. I'm doing. Uh, uh, shout, shout out to Homeboy Sandman for coming in rock, rocking two shows with me this weekend. Um, and then just shout out all of New England. All right, so um, I like to end the show on a positive note for anyone having a rough time out there. And so um, if someone's having a like really, really rough time in their life and they can't seem to get any positive momentum, um, what advice would you give them for making a little bit of improvement and, and taking a step in the right direction? Um, I would say, you know, find a therapist and start working through, like, past traumas because <laughs> – you know, that's a thing that, like, I uh, have a problem with. I don't have a therapist right now, and it kind of sucks. Um, and I would say that in general, just, like, you know, do the New England thing and keep your head down and keep moving, and eventually you'll get to where you're trying to go to, and you're going to hit a million stops on the way that are going to make you – you're going to realize those aren't the places that you want to be. But the good thing is you can go elsewhere. So – just keep going elsewhere until you find where you're supposed to be and then uh, try to find something cool to do in that place. <laughs> That's good advice. And you know what's funny? I, I laughed for a minute because, like, I've asked that question, like, at least 30 times on this podcast, and no one's, no one's ever said get a therapist. So and I never thought of it. It's tough. Like I, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't even have a therapist. So I guess that's just me talking to me. Kind I'd of. love to get one and try it out. But I mean, I haven't been to one in a long time. You know, I'll leave on this and I'm not sponsored. So <laughs> it's nothing like that. But there was this thing called better help. And it's like therapy that you do straight from your phone. Oh, you wow. have 24 hour access to your therapist for the most part. And, uh, you just do video and that sort of thing. And it's like a, like a quarter of the price that you would pay going to an actual place. Well, that's good to know. So, plus, plus, I mean, it's good. You don't have to see anyone in person. 
Yeah, or, you know, you can just do phone calls or you can do video. Uh, so, you know, better help if you're trying to find a poster boy, seven quarters, I'm your boy. Yeah, maybe I'll look it up. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you for coming on the show. I, I'm really good to talk to you. I really like your music that I've heard so far. And uh, I really hope you keep sending it to me for the graveyard shift. So, yeah, I was actually going to say, I think I've only sent you like a couple of songs because I'm like, I don't ever want to, I don't want to blast you with old songs. I want to give yeah. you that good new, new, but, um, but I'll definitely send you some stuff like very soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks Thank a lot. You. Thank you, man. I hope you have a good night. You too. Take care. Peace. 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 The, 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 the Craig Noise 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 Noise